Welcome to this week's Planet Shakers podcast. Planet Boom has just dropped The Commission, a powerful worship song from our youth ministry. Go check it out on your favourite streaming platform and let this powerful song elevate your worship. Now to this week's podcast. You know, we live in crazy times, and uh, but we have an amazingly great God. And, you know, right now, if you look what's happening in the Middle East, um, we, the Bible says, pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And there's a whole, whole heap of different things involved in that space. I don't think anyone's the expert in it. There are vulnerable people on every side, just like in the Ukraine and Russia. There's people that are victims in it. There's decisions on all sides that are challenging all over the world. And uh, we just pray that God's Kingdom will come in the midst of chaos. Sin causes chaos. Jesus calms the storms. Um, in our own country right now, there's a, a lot of challenges happening in our lives. And, you know, um, we just pray for peace and unity in our nation. And um, no matter what of opinions people are of that, of have, we just say, God, let Your Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We are all citizens of heaven. We all love You and we're called according to Your purpose. I just came back from a, a trip. It was a long trip. I was in Malaysia, Singapore, in South Africa, flew to London, on, then on to New York, New York, LA home. And um, all over the world, there are massive challenges. And we have a commission to change the world. Um, when I was uh, thinking about what to share today, and it's a year of year of victory. Turn your neighbour and say, "Victory is yours." Turn to the other neighbour and say, "Victory is yours." And then grab their hand and say, "Victory is ours." The title of my quick talk today is "Victory Comes Through Love and Unity." In John chapter thirteen, verse thirty-four, it says. Now I'm giving you a new commandment. In the Old Testament, there are, there are 10 commandments and there's all a lot of commandments through Scripture. But Jesus is saying here, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. We need a world that loves like Jesus loves, receives love like Jesus loves, gives love like Jesus loves, is love like Jesus is love. It's not a suggestion. I suggest you love each other. Jesus doesn't suggest it. It's not, well, I reckon you should love each other. It's not, well, maybe you should love each other. And it doesn't say, you know, that. If I was there, one of the disciples would say, yeah, but how can I love that person? There's no condition on loving each other. Yes, but that person was mean to me. He doesn't say, well, if they're mean to you, you don't need to love them. Well, they don't agree with what I say. doesn't say if they agree with you, you love them. Because it's easier to love in a feeling sense people that agree with you, that do everything that you do. We live in what I would call world as an echo chamber. We 
just listen to the same people because we want to love that. And that's why we have a world that cancels people because they don't understand that love isn't about you're that or you're that or you're that. It's actually about God. And God is love. He, he, he doesn't contain love. He is love. And if He lives in you, you have love. So Jesus doesn't get into a discussion. This is my great suggestion. No, this is my commandment. That you love one another. And that word love in Scripture, there's four types of love in the Bible. There's filio love, that's friendship love. That You love a friend. And nothing like the love of friends. Friends are amazing. You need friends in the good and the bad times. And you know, real friends will be there in you in the challenging times. I am, I am so, I so believe in this concept that loyalty to people is important. Loyalty to truth is ultimate. But if you are really loyal to truth, you'll love people unconditionally. See, people love conditionally. If you show me kindness, I'll love you. Love is not conditional. So friendship love, there's friendship love. And uh, you know, we need friends in challenging times. We need friends in seasons where it seemed friendless. The church should be the most friendliest place on the planet. We should be filled with friendship. Friendship. You know, it's you know to me sometimes friendships like you don't just love that person you like that person. <laughs> it's like it's like like because likes is a cool thing people say these days. But anyway, friendship is so important. But that's not the the type of love it's talking about here. It, then it talks about the eros love the sensual or romantic love. I could spend about 40 minutes on here and I'd have everyone's attention, <laughs> particularly the men. But there's a sensual eros love that, and it's, it's real, it's a real love. But that's not the type of love it's talking about here because if it was just that, you know, sometimes people's love in that form changes really quickly by what they see or what happens to them. Now it's not talking about an Eros love. There's another love called a storge or a love, which is love for family. And family is very important in our lives. And the church is the ultimate family because God is our Father. And it's a family of choice. The church is a family of choice, by the way. My children had no choice to be born in my family. They're in my family. But they have a choice to be born again into the family of God. Because this is the ultimate family that will be eternal. My, my temporal family is important. That's why the Bible says, honour your father and mother so it may go well with you. So God is into family. He created family. But He says, family isn't the ultimate. Earthly family isn't the ultimate love. It's the heavenly family that we're a part of. And so we love our family. That's why we should love the church. You know, you have some crazy uncles, but you still love them. Crazy cousins, you still love them. Well, I don't love my cousin. Well, good on you. Get your life right. 
Yeah, but you don't know what they're like. I've got crazy cousins. I know what they're like, trust me. I've got crazy people, but they think I'm a crazy cousin. We're all crazy. Depends on how you judge what is crazy. My unsaved crazy cousins think I'm crazy as I shout to God. My Christian crazy cousins think they're crazy because they don't. But my heavenly family, we shout all the time because we understand why we shout, right? So this love is love for your family, but it's not talking about that. It's the word agape. By the way, one of the greatest movies I've seen lately is a movie called The Jesus Revolution. I don't know if you've ever, who's seen that movie, Jesus Revolution? I encourage you to see it. It it is amazing. It talks about the revival that happened in the 70s. It was called the Jesus Revolution. And it's where all the world was going into, well, particularly the Western world, free love, whatever do, whatever feels good, do it. And people smoking cones and getting high and dropping LSD and and they're looking for love. And, you know, it's all about love, peace and love. And then they have breakdown in relationships and where's all the love gone? And in the midst of this this, uh, time on earth and there were protests and and challenges, we look at protests now and we think, wow, they're they're worse. No, the 70s, that's a pretty big protest. And in the midst of this, God raised up a movement called the Jesus Revolution, the Jesus Movement, where all these hippies were getting saved in traditional churches. And these people who were like so traditional wore a tie every week and you know, they didn't have drums or anything. And all of a sudden, hippies started coming in and they were sitting on the floor and and the churches that embraced them were the churches that grew and started seeing revival happen amongst that generation. And there's this massive move of God that happened which we have been impacted by. Without the, without the Jesus revolution in the 70s, there would be none of this. It'd be an organ, piano. Things shifted because of the Jesus revolution. And Jesus has a revolution for all generations. Jesus has a move of God for all times. I believe when there becomes wars and rumours of wars and there comes an intensity in the negative and in the darkness, at the same time, God says, I will pour out my Spirit and there'll come a revolution to counter the darkness. And this is where agape was talked about a lot, the agape love, which is the unconditional love. Do you know God has unconditional love for you and me? Though we were sinners, He still loved us. That Jesus, it says, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. What's the joy? The unconditional love of you and me. And we carry Jesus in us. So we can live in this unconditional love. He says that we would love one another in a world that only loves the groups that agree with them. You know, well, if you agree with my point of view, I love you. No, you just love me because I agree with you. You don't love me. Because if you really love me, even if I didn't agree with you, would you still love me? In marriage, you don't always agree. Jono and Selena always agreement there. They never disagree ever, 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 ever. Clean your room. Of course, love. Yes, amazing. I never... 
They never fight about being on time. There never is agreement, disagreement there. Who's ever been in a marriage where someone's early and someone's late? How many know there's disagreements? Well, if you, if you had to put up makeup, you would know how long it takes. <laughs> but because you don't agree about anything, doesn't mean you have, don't have unconditional love. <laughs> family is all about discussion and all about stuff. But you know, family also, God's family should be all about unconditional love. There should be love in the church and love for the church. And I see, you know, people talk about this. And talk, well, let's talk about it, but why do we have to tell the world about it? Let's deal with it in the family. <laughs> mm, well, just, yeah, anyway, I won't get onto that because I'll lose my love. <laughs> you know, love here is a commandment. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. You must love one another as I have loved you. Jesus had this prayer one day and He, and he says, that, you know, I'm gonna give glory back to you. By the way, our job is to give glory back to God. You see, with your job, you're called to give, give glory back to Him. Well, well I, I'm good at maths and, 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 I, and you live for that. Good, that's good, be good at maths. But give glory to the God that gave you the brain to, to think that way. Well, I'm creative and it's all about my creativity. No, no, no. It's about your Creator that gave you creativity. Give Him glory. Don't take the glory for yourself. Doesn't mean you can't get honour, but you don't take glory. You see, we honour people and you should receive. Someone says, good job, you should do. Oh no, well, glory to God. No, you can say, thank you, but I give Him glory. He said, Jesus says, this glory I give back to you. If you really love God and I really love God, we'll constantly be giving glory back to Him. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you. I'm feeling disappointed, but thank you for your power and your presence in my disappointment. I, I, I give glory back to you. And then it goes on and He says, for you have given Him authority for everyone. And it goes on. In verse 9, it's where I want to focus on. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you are giving me. So about Christians, followers of Christ, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you've given them to me. So they, they bring me glory. Now I am departing the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You've given me your name. Now protect them by the power of Your Name so they will be united just as we are. O-M-J. Oh my Jesus. He said, here's the key to living in unity, His Name. Seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See, the reason we get divided is when we seek other things other than Him. He's given you a name that can defeat the enemy in your life. Discouragement, fear, confusion, disunity, whatever. He, He says, you've given a name 
to protect them by the power of Your Name so they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of your of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one who headed for destruction. As Scripture says, now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they'll be filled with joy, my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by Your truth. Teach them Your Word, which is truth. You see, love and truth live together. They're not separate. People argue over truth. But the ultimate truth is God loves and wants us to love everybody unconditionally. So I can discuss a truth in love. And still love. <laughs> See, I remember one time Jonathan was being naughty, very unusual, but he was. And uh, I got so mad at him. The truth is, he needed to be corrected. But I got so mad, I screamed at him. And, and I remember the Holy Spirit convicting me, and he says, Go back and say sorry to your four-year-old son. I'm like, I'm an adult. I don't need to apologize. He's a naughty kid. He should have. He should be apologizing. But the truth is, I needed to humble myself and apologize and say, "Forgive me." But at the same time, the truth was that he needed to to change behavior because I loved him. I wanted to correct his behavior. So love and truth actually help each other. They're not separate from each other. They actually complement each other. But people, well, what is truth? The truth is God's Word and everything is based around His Word. And you know, when it says black and white, it's black and white, there's no grey. In the grey, there's discussion, but love is what keeps us unified even in the grey. How are we going? It says this, I'm going to give, He says, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. In other words, God says, I'm not going to remove you from the world. You're going to, because you have truth, people won't understand and all that. But what's your response going to be? I gave, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I'm not praying only for these disciples, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. That's why God wants us in the world, so that they can have a Jesus revolution. In a world that was looking for love in the 70s and still looking for love, He brought a revolution. He still brings a revolution, but it's not a revolution of bombs. It's not a revolution of attack. It's a revolution of love. There should be more claps for that, I think. It says this. And here it is, verse 21. I pray they will be all, they will all be one, just as you and I are one. So you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may there be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them glory 
you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they experience perfect unity that the world will know that You sent me, that You love them as much as You love me. Father, I want them, these who have been given to me to be where I am. Then they can see all the glory You gave me because You loved me even before the world began. So He's saying this, I want the world to see that they're one, just like Father, Son and Holy Spirit are one. The greatest message to the world is our love for one another. The greatest message to the world isn't what we do, it's what we love and how we love. (laughs) I'll close with this. I said it was going to be short, but it's not lunch yet, so we're good. No, it's, well, I might close with this. He says He's given us a name that unites us. Christ did not mean that, you know, everyone will be saved. Not everyone says yes to Jesus. Everyone's invited to say yes. And said they'll point to a time where, when there will be acknowledged His authority, the exalted Christ who sits in the place of honour at God's right hand, Colossians 3, 1. He is Lord over all, Acts 10, 36, Romans 10, 12. He is the supreme Name. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He is the one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through Him we live. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, Jesus is Lord of both the dead and the living, Romans 14, 9. He is the Lord upon whom the church calls, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Jesus is our mediator, Hebrews 3, 11 to 3, 1 to 6, 8 to 6, 9, 15. Hebrews 12, 24, He's our intercessor. Hebrews 7, 24 and 25, Romans 4, 38. He's our reconciler, Ephesians 2, 12 to 17, Romans 5, 1. And He's the one who gives us entrance into the King of the Kingdom of Heaven, Hebrews 4, 1, 11, 6, 19 and 20. Jesus has the name above all names because Jesus Christ is Lord. This name has given to Him by the Father, affirms His divine supreme authority. So He has given us a name that enables us to be unified. He's given us name. His prayer that would be we would be one. His prayer would we would walk in unity. His prayer was that the world would see our, our love for one another that would attract them to love Him. In a world that's divided, in a world that's got pain in a world where there's confusion, where there's world, there is opinions. You just got to turn on different TV networks and you got one opinion here and one opinion here. You turn, you put on social media, one person's opinion there, one person's opinions there. And, and, and then you got all this information out there. How am I going to work through all the information? I come to the truth, Jesus. And I love Him. And then I love others. How are we going? Uh, Lastly, our love matures as we go on in Him. I love this. 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the language on the earth and of angels but didn't love others, I'd be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. 
If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body and I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, I have gained nothing. Even in church, we can do all these activities. So look what we do here and look what we do there. and Look, 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 look. But if there's not love, we gain nothing. Look how many people get healed. Look at, no, healing comes because of God's love. It's not to testify of His church, it's testify of who He is and glorify Him how well His bride is doing. Even when we're doing it in power, it is awesome, it is fantastic. But it's never about the statistic, it's about the love for the people. We do it because we love people. Sometimes we can do it, and this happens in the corporate world. Oh, I just want to tick this off so it makes me feel better. No, no, we don't do it to make us feel better. We do it because we love people. And because we love people, we experience love. We don't do it because it's the corporate responsibility. No, we do it because we love. It says this. If I had, if I sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Now watch this. If someone gets blessed, do you get jealous of them? Or do you get inspired by the love of God that's happening? And you say, I can have that too. It is not proud or rude. Can you take correction? Can, you, can, can somebody correct you? Are you open to somebody's correction? Or are we too proud? And pride, the Bible says, pride comes before a fall. So are we open to correction because we love? We correct because we love and we receive correction because we love. You know, we live in a world, I, I'm like this, I hate confrontation. I hate correcting people. I hate saying, hey, you need to change that. But if you don't do it, they don't change. So you're not helping them. But at the same time, when you're being corrected, make it easy for people. Don't sit there and go, what do you mean? You go, this is what you should do. You go, okay, explain to me. Help, help me understand more. I'm not quite getting it. Tell me. Okay, okay. All right. I might not fully get what you said, but I'm going to pray and ask God to help me. Oh, I've hit, I have hit something right here in the Spirit. I can feel it. Not bad. feel good. Because sometimes, oh, pride. You know, if you're from my daughter-in-law's part of the world, there's a little saving called save face. Pretend everything's good. Save face. That's pride. It really is. Oh, uh, I can feel some. Because when you say something to someone, oh, yeah, no, all, all good la, all good, good la. And then you go on Facebook and you see it's not so good la. Pride. Don't worry about face. Worry about heart. Your face will look good if your heart is good. <laughs> Love is patient, it is kind, it is not jealous or boastful. Or pr- I, yeah, okay. I had someone come to me one time because I, I get to 
go and speak in a lot of places, they come to me and they said, I'm so jealous. I'm going, of what? Oh, you are in that country and I want to go to that country and you get to go there and I'm so jealous. And this person was highly educated, was in the medical field at the top of his game and he's jealous. He goes, because I've got to work so hard. What do you think I'm doing when I go there? Sitting around having pomegranates. (laughs) Having like, you know, it was France actually. Uh, You know, sitting there, you know, having, you know, wee wee, ooh, whatever. No, I'm preaching. I'm flying in planes. I get off a plane. I preach. I'm on a plane. I go and preach. I go to another place and preach. I sit in the hotel. I don't go to the Eiffel Tower. No, 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 no. But because of something was wrong. How do you respond when you see stuff? What judgment do you make and you don't even know the cost? Wow, I've gone over, but I'm good because I haven't preached for three weeks, so I've got a lot in me. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Oh! It keeps no record of being wrong. Listen, I'm not forgiven. You know, I've forgiven them, but in 1965, My grandma did this to affect my mum who affects me. And I just, and I'm mad that my mum was four and she didn't stand up for me. People keep wrongs. Wrongs of, well, well, you're treating me wrong, wrong, wrong. Now, if you've been abused, you don't go back into abuse, but you do forgive and move on. Too many people looking back to the wrongs of the past instead of looking at what the future can hold. Jesus at the cross defeated our past and opened the future. I love being wronged. Welcome to the world we all have. (laughs) It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. Oh, your pastor, I saw that minister and he, he fell and you know, it shocked, my, it rocked my faith. Well, your faith was in that minister, not in God. We are people. We put our trust in God. Full of fallen people. You know, all through life, I've been disappointed by people in the church all my life. I thought people in the church would do things better, but I don't lose my trust in God's, what God has called His bride. I just say that's people. It's people. Imagine if today, sorry, I'm, I'm being a little cheeky. Imagine if I got every thought you thought this week and put it on on those screens. How would you be feeling right now? Oh, the perfect ones. That would be amazing. We're people. We are fallen. We're fallen short. That's why we don't counsel people for their wrongs. If there's repentance, we always restore them because the church is a hospital. And our hospital should never close the doors. There should never be a code red or code brown or whatever 
say, well, too full. No, come on, come on, come to the hospital. We got more beds. We got more recovery. We got more places of healing and hope. Come. By the way, every time you give with your talent, every time you give with your money, every time you give in your life, you're creating more space for the hospital to heal. You create more space for people to be discipled. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown language and special knowledge will become useless. I, they're amazing, but they'll become useless. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When as I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, being hurt, run away. But when I grew up, I put away childish things, being hurt, run to God. Now we see these things imperfectly. By your love for one another. This is my command. In a world that is looking for love, God's saying the church should be the place because it's my bride. You know, at weddings, there's a lot of love, right? Church should always be like a wedding, right? Always like a family gathering, always like where we celebrate. And also when people mourn, family, we mourn. When people are hurting, we hurt. When people are in struggle, we fight for them. We stick to them. Remember I was talking to someone who has been a person who's been to war. And he says, in war, when the bullets are firing and the dust is up and, and all that, he goes, you don't have a chance to look where the people are who are with you because you're just trying to survive. What you do is you feel them, they're close to you, you feel them. And that's sometimes where what the church needs to do. When there's like people being bombarded and things, they, they need to feel you're there. Because they don't, sometimes they don't have a chance to look because they're dodging bullets and they're dodging things and they just need to feel you there. Because you're there for them because that's what love is. Love and loyalty are connected, right? <laughs> we don't need a people that will shout with us in the good times and run away from us in the bad times. We need people to shout every season, God is good. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that your faith was filled and you were encouraged. If you have any prayer requests or want to connect with us further, search for us on our social media at Planet Shakers. We'd love to hear from you.